Hey, 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 my friend, and welcome to another episode of Free the Geek. In this episode, I talk to, I guess I could refer to him as my Twitter buddy. I guess as is so often the case in tech, we talk to people over some medium or many mediums, email, Twitter, you name it, without actually meeting in person. Well, I had the pleasure of actually, well, not meeting in person, but kind of over video, meeting Michalis Tsoukalos. He is a wonderful gentleman who I have learned so much from because of our conversation, hence why I'm really excited to share it with you. He shares his love of basically all things C language related, specifically Python and how it's great for machine learning and how it has so many libraries and it's just like a wonderful language to use. His, well, he kind of touches on a bit his love of C. He shares why he feels that C++ has lost a bit of its character, that he has no love for Java, but Go and Rust, on the other hand, that they are very, very good languages for quite a number of reasons. We also talk a bit about Unix shells, such as Bash and ZSH, Latex, Latex, or I think he called it LaTeX. We talk a bit about Unix servers. So it's quite a long conversation, I think, compared to a number of the ones that I usually have, or the runtime, I should say. But there's so much, so much, so much good stuff. And even right near the end, talking about how to grow as a developer. Anyway, enough from me. Roll the intro music. If you want to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker Compose, especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow, and various other forums, then you'll love Deploy with Docker Compose. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images, and pushing them to remote container registries, how to debug applications running inside containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other environment using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, nor does it go absolutely super duper deep in depth about anything that you could know. It just covers the essentials that you need to know so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. And you also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks, and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at deploywithdockercompose.com. People I know, and I suppose the same for you, is that we are good at uh, trying, and mm. trying and solving problems, and uh, trying and trying more and trying something different. You know, it's like the usual. I mean, the happy thing that happens when you get a different error message. This <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> means that uh, you know you have a different situation than before. When you're getting the same error message all the time, then you know 
it's it's not that good uh, when you are developing or mm. you know, setting up services or something like that. So it's it's I think it's that uh, we are trying our best and uh, you know we are trying. I mean we learn, we try, we learn something new, we try something else, and we keep trying. Mm-hmm. That's the idea in uh, you know in programming and administration and uh, DevOps on all these things. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a fair call. And and speaking of programming languages, I noted I, I didn't count, but it was you said the, the your favorite one of all time was was C. And then there's Go, yes, Python, Rust, Bash. I noted Python three. Um, did you get into like Python back in the two days and then kind of have the the weird kind of migration to three? No, 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 no. I didn't. I, I was not a big fan of Python. Uh, <laughs> I prefer to combine the programming language to be, to be, you know, to be uh, exact. But uh, at some point, um, start using uh, start using Python. I really like it now. Uh, I'm doing some research on time series, and uh, uh, Python is good. I mean, for for what it, uh, what it does. Python does it does it very good, and there are lots of libraries that you cannot find in other programming language, and uh, it's easy to learn. I mean, I, I didn't have any issues learning Python. I mean, <laughs> I, you, at some point you have to study some you know some things, but uh, generally speaking, it, it was it was learning Python was easy, and uh, there is a large uh, amount of packages to. To, to pick, maybe that's the main issue with Python. You don't know what the best package, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to, you know. But usually, you you understand if you if you if you search, you can find out which one is the which packages are the most popular ones. And uh, and I, today, I think that Python is a good programming language. But I was I, I never the, I, I don't remember writing anything in Python at all. Okay, because uh, I was I was having Python a because I was having a chat with a with a, with a friend for a, an upcoming session of the podcast, and we were sort of talking about how Python seemed to be getting it. It, it grew and grew and grew, and it was it was designed unlike PHP, which I'm most familiar with. It was designed was it by Guido and others as as a, a pure programming language, and it grew and grew and grew up to version two, and then there was the kind of weirdness of two to three, and if I remember correctly. Uh, like a lot of kind of momentum seemed to kind of not 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 die, but kind of drop away for a while, and in what would you call like this sort of uncanny valley, and then it seems to have come back again and, and has a lot of uh, popularity for was it like machine learning and yes, um, yes. data data programming data processing yes data processing sorry, um, but what okay if if you could boil it down to just a few things like what was the, the things that sort of uh, got you to kind of stick with it to sort of keep using it as opposed to I'm going to look for some other language to do this task. Oh, uh, as I'm working with time series, it's, it's, I think it's the best, uh, it's the best uh, choice. You have the pandas uh, package, you have the numpy package, you know, I mean, I don't know if you are familiar with Python. Uh, I think that what I'm going to say is correct, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, most of these packages are, are written in C. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and 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 there's interface. I suppose there's interface between Python and C. So you you get the the Python uh, statements and you know functions and functionality. Mm-hmm. But uh, the back the, the backbone is written in C, and that is the main reason that there is another Python package that you that can um, uh, that can run your Python code concurrently. Without you doing anything special, because okay. I think that Python is not uh, concurrent by design, so you cannot, uh, you know. But the other packages can can help you use all your processors and cores, and, okay. and, and that's a big plus. And um, but mainly there are lots of packages, lots of packages for data and time series, and uh, you know, and, ma- and machine learning and all these things. So you cannot. Uh, I, try, I, I tried, although I'm not a big uh, Java fan. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. Actually, I, I have I have never learned you know, Java officially, mm-hmm. but I had to do some Java programming for some for some data uh, for some time series pro- processing, and I tried to to use some Java packages that uh, were supposed to be similar to the Python ones, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing, the whole thing did not work. So, I, I mean, I was told to use Java because there was existing Java code. I don't like Java. And, uh, you know, you, you would hear me <laughs> telling that many times. Okay. <laughs> so, but, yep. but I end up using Python without any issues. Okay. So what, what, just, just for a little slight segue, what was it, what, what is it about Java that sort of you just, no, because from noting in in the about page, like all of languages I see are sort of are C based languages, and Java is a C based language. So, what is it <laughs> yes. about this one that sort of like I'll have all these ones, just not that one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's correct. I, I don't really like. I also don't like C plus plus very much because it, it, it. I mean, when I left, uh, you know, using C plus plus. It was it was starting to become a huge thing, lots of functionality and lots of features. But uh, I mean, it's like C plus uh, lost its character. C still has the same character. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's the yeah. same. When you, I mean, you you can have nasty, nasty bugs with C, and uh, that's not that's that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, in that regard. Go is is, is is really nice for systems programming mm-hmm. uh, because you have uh, uh, familiar looking code because mm-hmm. Go code looks a little bit like C. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have safe code, you have a nice environment, you have lots of standard libraries, you have portability, uh, you know, you have speed, uh, you have, and I don't know how many are, I'm, I don't know how many hours per day you are developing, uh, you are programming, and you are writing code. But when you are, I, I don't write all the time code. But uh, the fact, the fact is, for me at least, that I want to like what I see because I'm looking at the screen and I'm looking at code, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I, I need to like the code. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, <laughs> because it's, I'm looking at it all the time, you know. Oh well, yeah. Cannot, uh, <laughs> well, I guess it's. Cannot, yeah, sorry. Please continue. Please continue. I was going to say, like, it, it, I guess, as you say, you, you look at it all the time. I think it's like a keyboard. And I bought this. Hang on. I will hold it up here. Hopefully, I turn this into a video podcast episode. I've got this. Oh, really? <laughs> I got this one. <laughs> hey, cool. 
it's a Bluetooth version. <laughs> oh, know, yes, for the same for the same reason. Yeah, like you, you and and people like I spent two hundred and forty euros or something on this, and my wife and friends were, why why are you spending so much money on a keyboard? It's like, what do I do? Or like whether I'm writing tutorials or researching or writing code, I'm tapping a keyboard, and then it was like, oh yeah, okay. And so I think I think it's really similar to. I agree with the point about code. Like you look at it all the time, and if it's just ugly, it's just why? Why am I doing this? Yes, that's that's the. I mean, uh, uh, yes, that's the main reason. You have to like it. Uh, I mean, if you're getting uh, well, it depends. Sometimes you don't have a choice. So you have to write what you have to write. At some point, I, as I told you before, I wrote uh, Java because I didn't have any other choice, and I didn't know Java. I learned. I mean, I was writing. Uh, I was working with data again, so mostly it was uh, command line uh, applications in Java, and I had uh, some code that uh, I have to use and modify a little bit. It was not such, I mean, I, I thought that it would be more difficult. It was not that difficult, but uh, still, when I get, you know, when I didn't have to use Java anymore, I was really happy. <laughs> Okay, and I and I went to Python for you know for the same task mm -hmm. because you know as I told you before Java had some issues with some libraries so they were not working so there was no reason for continuing using Java although it might be faster being a compiled programming language mm -hmm. uh, you know I was <laughs> I was happy <laughs> actually if I really need speed I might go you know to see. Mm -hmm. Although I, it's been a long time since since I have written C code, or maybe try Rust, but uh, Rust uh, I don't know has some other issues. I mean, it's difficult to write Rust, uh, and it's difficult to learn for me at mm -hmm. least. I don't know, uh, but uh, it surely is a good programming language, and now I think that is going to get supported by the Linux kernel. Mm -hmm. Right. Code for the Linux kernel in Rust, uh, which is going to be, you know, a, a big boost for 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 Rust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, uh, I, I think we were talking about this intermittently a couple of months back, and I, I don't know whether it was trying to pick up several languages simultaneously. But I like what I've read about Rust. I I love the concepts of it, the the points that it puts forward, the like the safe code. But the thing that I got stuck with is, I think it's ownership. And if, if something, do, do you own, it's, it's been a while since I've looked borrow at it. And borrow. Borrow, copy and ownership. And that has, I was doing so well and then I got to that and it just, I, <laughs> I'm just going to put that to the side for now. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, you have to, let's say, uh, learn Rust full time. It's not like, you know, I'm going to read a couple of, you know, an hour a day mm. uh, about Rust. You, uh, maybe you should, you know, go more full time with Rust. But uh, I, I believe that at some point, uh, it, it would be it's 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 already popular, but I think it's going to be more popular definitely, mm. and uh, it might replace uh, not completely, but uh, it might 
replace uh, some C projects or something like that. I don't know. It's just you know, just uh, an opinion. I'm not sure about that. Hmm. I I could see that it it, it could like if, if it's designed, and the main focus that I always hear from people who who talk about it is about that safety aspect. Then I could see it having like a huge future in, in in so many industries, from what airlines to um, I would say like mining or just the industries where safety is just of paramount importance. Um, but then on the, the flip side, being such a what would you say like a high barrier to entry for the language, I I, I could see it potentially being maybe what would you say like a like a niche language as well potentially but as you said since it's been uh, accepted into the linux kernel then i think that aspect is is taken care of yes 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 i agree i agree uh, but we will see i mean mm. you know we will see we will see i'm not uh, you know it's like i say many times it's uh, the right tool for the job uh, sometimes you have to use the right tool for the job. Uh, particularly, I mean, personally, I would, if I could, I would use the maybe Go everywhere. But you can use Go everywhere. But Go is is a, is a good. Let's say it's a safe Go uh, choice. You can learn and you can write Go pretty pretty fast, and uh, you can create many things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's again, that's that's an uh, that's a personal opinion. I mean. People can can learn whatever programming language they want, but uh, uh, I, I believe Go is is a good choice. You can learn some uh, programming practices, and mm-hmm. you can use them elsewhere if you want. Okay, um, for for learning Go, G plug besides your book Mastering Go Third Edition. Just want to drop that into the in there into the podcast. Um, <laughs> which I'll have links to in the show notes. Um, what would you say like the, the best resources are for learning the language? Again, cheap plug for the book. <laughs> the best, the, the best reasons for learning the language. Mm, for learning Go, for learning Go specifically. Yes. Uh, I mean, personally, I mean, Go was written by programmers for programmers and mm-hmm. that's a big plus. And I like, when I see Go code, I like it. Uh, it's easy to learn. You can. I mean, I, I'm I'm a systems person. Uh, I'm not suggesting that uh, Go should be used uh, everywhere. You cannot uh, maybe write uh, I don't know a graphical user interface in Go. Maybe, but uh, if you want to write uh, command line tools, system tools, services, I think Go is 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 a good uh, is is a good choice. Uh, and um, it creates great code, fast, statically built. And, um, you know, uh, I believe it's a good choice for systems uh, programming. Uh, but uh, it was built, I mean, the people that build Go are, you know, are, are using Go and uh, Google is using Go. And that's a big plus because, you know, it's not like a programming language written in uh, or, you know, specified in a lab it's mm-hmm. a programming language that is being used and that's a big plus but you know at the end of the day it's all about what you are going to do and mm-hmm. if you already know something then you know you can use it uh, i also like the fact that <clears throat> personally i can 
easily put uh, a Go binary into into a Docker image and create. I can create a Docker image from a Go binary, and I can have a service as a Docker image, mm-hmm. and that's another big plus okay. for me. But mainly, it's like it's 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 a small programming language written for for programmers and uh, easy to learn. Mm-hmm. And you can do many things. And I also like Go routines. I think <laughs> like Java. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, Java also introduced Go routines. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. I think That's so. Right. Okay. I mean, really, uh, something like you know, inspired by Go. Okay. I I don't give up with with Java. I I tried to get back into it. Like I started writing in Java back in ninety. 98, I think, when the language was notably smaller. Um, then I got on to the PHP train because, as the story goes, I was working at a small engineering firm. I was the new person, I was the youngest person, and the owner slash boss came up to me and said, have you heard about PHP on my SQL? I said, I've heard about the first one, don't know about the second one. He said, good, you're it. And I said, I'm sorry, <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> so because you're the junior here, no one else wants to touch this project. And then like <laughs> a book. So, but I always told myself that I would get back to it one day. Um, never really did. Um, got into Go and then started learning Rust. Um, but by the time I think I was considering coming around to like, well, what language will I look at? Java for me was so complicated and so seemingly like just to write, like, I just want to print a string to, to the console or terminal or whatever. It, it had to be sort of so much to do just to yeah. do that. And then you had to use, what was it? I think you had to use uh, like, well, technically you didn't, but everybody encouraged you to either go down a Maven path or a Gradle path. And I thought, I, I just want to print a string. I don't want to bring in faces, caching servers, all the rest. I, I, I just want to, why is it so hard to print a string? Um, so yeah, I kind of try to keep up, but I kind of, it's, it, what would you say? Approach avoidance, a little bit positive, a little bit, yeah, I don't want to touch it, but. Yes, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a personal, the programming language is a personal uh, preference. <laughs> As long as it doesn't, you know, limit the things you can do, mm-hmm. or the project you have at hand, then it, I mean it's just a personal preference. And uh, of course, uh, you cannot have a team with uh, ten people and each one writing in their, you know, their own <laughs> favorite programming language. <laughs> but you know, uh, you have to choose something. But uh, it's uh, like whatever makes you happy and I'm happy with Go and uh, I'm happy with Python and I'm happy that I have to use, uh, I want, uh, like, I'm happy that I can use Python and Go for mm-hmm. my, you know, everyday tasks. And that's, that's a good thing. But okay. if other people, you know, want other programming languages, then, you know, if, if you're happy with the result, then the, I mean, you know what they say that, uh, you can write uh, bad code in any programming language and you can write good code in any programming language. I mean, a good developer is good Mm. uh, and the bad developer is bad. So maybe we should focus, not you and me, but generally Mm. uh, uh, 
in in becoming better programmers <laughs> and uh, than you know than the programming language. It's uh, I don't know. I have heard the story about the programming and uh, like uh, how easy it is to go from one programming language to another when you are good at, uh, at programming. And uh, I think that the end of the story was. Although this floor is the, is the first time that I have, you know, walked in this floor, uh, mm. I, I, I know how to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like programming. I, I can write code. It doesn't matter the the programming language that I'm using. It's like mm. it's like walking. If you can walk, you know, at, at home, then you can probably walk anywhere, <laughs> you know, unless there is, you know, mm. ice or something like that. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> I like I like and the story. The, oh, sorry. And, and that's the I think that's the general idea with programming. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like the the, the concept of it. Um, in that, if uh, it, it again reminds me of uh, a university lecture I had many years ago, who we were talking about. Uh, sorry, we being the, the the other students in the class who I was friends with. Uh, we sort of talked about how to. Or talking about languages, I think, and I, th- I think because we were sort of so comparatively young, and he was he was notably older than us and had been around a lot. His actual uh, language of preference, if he had one, was Ada, just for a, yeah. just a random sort of fact. And usually, when I say Ada, people say, "Well, I haven't heard of that one for a while." But um, he was good on pushing us to focus on as you said, programming itself, like the, the, the art, the craft of programming, not, well, this is these are my preferred tools or this is pref- my preferred language. How can I shove my preferred choices into this particular problem? Like it's, he exactly. felt that what we were doing was, I want to use this. How can I change the problem to fit my proposed solution and saying, well, what are you trying to solve? Like, don't see it as a... I don't know. I, I drive a certain kind of car. I use a certain kind of hammer. It's well, you're using, well, perhaps languages, computers in general to solve a problem. Should they fit or be the right solution? Look at the problem and then say, well, what is the right solution? So as you said, well, this language would be a better fit than that one um, for reasons A, B, and C. So I, exactly, I like exactly. the philosophy. That, Yes, that's the idea. That's the idea. It's not about uh, and uh, Ada was very. Uh, they try to. I think that uh, I believe that they try to make Ada popular, but uh, you know, the industry, you know, didn't, didn't agree with that. I mean, at some point, I have heard of Ada. Uh, it, it was the name. If you, I don't know if you know that. It was. It, it, it was Ada was the name of the daughter of uh, Lord Byron. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where the the name came from, I I, I believe. But uh, they try to you know to promote it, but you know the the, the industry decided uh, you know differently. Yeah, I, I guess as unfortunately is the case for many things. I think it was in the early networking days. TCP/IP wasn't the best choice. I think was it like Token Ring was technically better. Yes, yes. But yes. it, for, I I don't remember the reasons now, but it. It didn't win out, and I think it's still around. But I'm not a networking person, so I'm really not going to say more than that. But like you say, there were, I think there were there are plenty of technologies that, on on the technical merits, um, are are better choices. 
but people go with sometimes the seemingly not as good choice because I guess that choice just, I don't know, resonates with people. People can make more sense of it or for any number of different reasons. One, one interesting choice, one I personally prefer in terms of programming languages, sorry. I realize I segue and I don't necessarily take people with me on my segue. So I'm practicing on, on, as I say, well, what about this? The people know what I'm talking about. I noticed you're a fan of bash, which I personally quite like I'm, bash. Is that still the case? I'm, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not uh, like, uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Bash, but sometimes when you are creating, uh, you know, uh, automate, when you're automating tasks and you are using uh, like GitHub Actions or something like that, then you have to use uh, the Bash set. So you don't have, practically uh, you don't have any other choice. And uh, that's the main reason for using Bash. It's, mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's, uh, it's, you know, you know that when you are, uh, going when you are connecting to a Docker image, it probably it it most likely has a bus or the plain cell or something like that. So you have to know about that, and, and that's the main reason for automating and yeah. you know and CI/CD and CI/CD uh, for defining CI/CD tasks, maybe mm -hmm. you know and the commands that the commands that uh, you need to execute. So you need the bus cell, and you need to know about that. Yeah, and it's portable. Another another big plus is that bus mm. uh, scripts are portable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I I agree on all counts. I was when you said GitHub Actions, it reminded me of I've only actually done one uh, for a website I have, and yeah, they, it was just everywhere through there. It was like all I think it was every task virtually was based on it, and I know I like it because it just it, it sometimes. You don't necessarily need to, as such, code up a solution. Like, you know, you can have just a series of different binaries which collectively do what you want to achieve and just a bit of bash to sort of glue those together and yeah, a little bit of documentation. And yes, yes. Lots of one pages. <laughs> yes. A little like write my help message. Uh, okay. Make sure it just, uh, what is it? Uh, set a trap so in case the, it should um, be cancelled, but I don't know. I kind of, it's, it's in some ways it's really painful, really frustrating, but in other ways it kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm slightly masochistic. And so it appealed to that sort of masochistic side of my nature, but I used to get into it and try and actually write bash scripts for everything until people said, why are you doing this? And I said, I just want to. And I thought maybe just wanting to, isn't really the right motivation. But well, again, it depends on the task. Uh, sometimes mm. it's it's when you have to, you know, when you don't have to process, process many things, mm. then bus might be a good choice. But when you have to do some, you know, lots of processing, then, you know, writing something like a Perl script or Python script or something like that might, might be a better solution. But again, you don't know if... Uh, you don't know if the machine you are going to work has uh, the proper Python version or something mm -hmm. like that. So, bus is, is usually safer. Yeah, fair call. Um, and as you said, it's it's universal. It's on or bash or a similar shell is on. I, I won't say everything, but it's it's quite widely adopted. I think was it from BSDs, Linux, mm -hmm. Mac. 
Although I think the Mac version of quite a number of binaries are a little bit behind or not quite, there's not complete consistency. I think we're sort of like Linux and the, the other BSDs, but um, I'm not a guru in that respect, so I don't want to say too much. And kind of shoot my mouth. I off. don't. I don't know. I, I usually uh, nowadays I mostly use uh, <laughs> the Z cell because it has <laughs> lots of automations and uh, for GitHub and you know repositories and branches mm -hmm. and uh, things. So it's uh, it's more practical. But mm -hmm. again, when I want to write uh, something portable, I usually use Buzz. Okay. Because you don't know if. Uh, if the machine you're going to work on has the uh, cell already installed. That's a fair point. Um, what got you into Z Shell? Because I picked it up myself when I think a friend recommended it or it came up in a search, uh, oh my ZSH. And there was like a lot of it just seemed to have like a lot of momentum. And I thought, well, what is this curious project? I was I was working for a company as a technical author and um, one of the people that uh, had the company advised me to to use uh, the cell mainly because of the GitHub, uh, the extra GitHub uh, function functionality that you get at the at the cell prompt. So you know your you know the the branch you are working. You know whether you have uncommitted uh, changes, and uh, that's a good thing. Uh, you even know if you are. Uh, indeed in a in a github or a gitlab branch because <laughs> sometimes you are just in a plain directory and all these things uh, are good and then you get used to it and you don't want to change i mean uh, you know uh, but the thing is that i'm not i'm not using the cell for for many things so it's it's not a, it's it's not a big change for me mm -hmm. but you get the extra functionality which is good and uh, and i believe uh, it has uh, better auto completion or something like that uh, uh, with with all my ZL extensions not uh, not uh, cell mm -hmm. on its own and that's the main reason okay yeah the the auto completion is amazing i don't know yes. just my personal opinion yes i mean you can type if if there's a directory named let's say a b c d e, you can you can say c d uh, space and uh, instead of beginning with a a b c d e, you can just type d e and d and uh, it will understand that you want to go there. Mm -hmm. wow. I mean, if you are remembering part of the name, mm -hmm. yep, it, it, it can still work, which is a big plus. So nice fuzzy search. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, one other thing I noticed on on the about page was latex and markdown, or is it latex and markdown? I never yeah, quite yeah, know how to pronounce it. It's like I don't know. It's latex for Greek. It's easy for Greek people because we have the we pronounce we pronounce X as uh, he. Or ah. Like uh, yeah, actually, Michalis is written with uh, with this letter. Oh really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah. we can, but if I write it in in English, it will be it will not pronounce well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you know anything about LaTeX? I I I've have read about it. Um, I've never used it. I, I think I came like sort of very very close to use it. I'm broadly familiar with how it works, <laughs> but I don't have working familiarity. Mm. 
Well, <clears throat> now that I'm, you know, uh, working for a university and uh, research papers are, are written in LaTeX. Mm -hmm. So you don't have many. Don't, I mean, I don't want to use Word, Microsoft Word for, for that. I don't know if there's a choice. Mostly in, in computer science, I don't think that there's a choice of using something else, but I might be wrong. But uh, uh, it's, it's, I, I like um, it's particularly good for mathematics and formulas because you can mm -hmm. copy paste the formula, change a couple of things and have you know, the next step of your equation. Uh, very easily, which is not uh, which you which you cannot uh, do in other environments, mm -hmm. and it's not a heavy. It's it's plain text files, so you can easily put them in GitHub, and uh, and and it's good. But generally speaking, it's like I mean, it's I don't know. It's again, it's a prefer. It's a personal preference. There are no you know reasons. Mm -hmm or rules about that i just like it and uh, and it turns out that i can but i might need to use it for for the task that i'm doing and that's a happy coincidence okay um as as someone who hasn't spent actual time working with it is it really hard to like write or do you need like is it easy with like 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 a special editor or something because I've spent a lot of time yeah. using Markdown and ASCII doc and restructured text, but it looks like you kind of would need like a bit of tooling to make it easier to write um, LaTeX. Is that the case yes. or? Uh, yes, that's the case. You, you need to, you need a little time to get used to it, but um, once you understand and you learn and you understand the basics, then uh, <clears throat> let's, it's, it's, when you have, uh, you know, some, let's say, a repository of documents that you are using, then it's easy to create new ones. Mm -hmm. But uh, the first version of your document, because you, you know, you want to customize it, mm. uh, it might take some time. But uh, the good thing is that um, it does all the work for you. It puts uh, the images at the right place, depending on the flow. You can have. Mm -hmm. uh, many columns you can have uh, bibliography and you know again it depends on the task uh, if you if you ask me uh, i enjoy writing in latex when but uh, you know again it's not uh, the tool it's uh, what you write okay uh, yeah I, personally i don't uh, although i'm using microsoft word uh, for some things and so tasks are Personally, I don't write. I don't uh, like writing uh, in, uh, in. Yes, I prefer plain text format because you can easily grab, you can search. It's it's hmm. easy. It's easier for for many tasks, and you can automate things. But with uh, applications, you cannot automate some things, and uh, that's again, it's a personal preference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a, a huge. I don't know. Would you say lover of? ASCII doc, because I worked as uh, a the the uh, documentation person at a company called OwnCloud for about three and a half years, and I'd never I, I was used to you know, word processors, uh, online tools, Markdown, and I'd never heard of restructured text or ASCII doc, and I was aware of um, uh, LaTeX, but never had a reason to use it. 
And I was becoming kind of frustrated with Markdown that it kind of, so many people were sort of, that was what was used. And my feeling was that it, it did an okay job within the realm of what it did do. But outside of that, which beyond a few documents, beyond a small kind of specification, you always had to add like custom extensions to it. But then so many platforms would sort of have some of the extensions of another platform and then some of, or a whole lot of their own. And so if you went from one platform to another, you might get some of the extensions, but then you wouldn't get others. And then I, when I came across ASCII doc or restructured text, the format, I guess, getting back to what you said earlier, you kind of have to enjoy looking at it because you look at it so often. It almost kind of hooked me. It almost did the, the sheer functionality in the, in the language specification for what you could do that you didn't have to get an extension. It was just part of the language did a great job of that. But I ask you doc, something about it hooked me as, as you say, you just, something just sort of grabs you. It just says, this it's, just it's works. Personal. Yeah. yeah. And you cannot explain that. I mean, why you like that? Mm. I have, I have tried ASCII doc and the structure, uh, but, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, markdown is easier to learn, but mm -hmm. the other things you have to you have to spend some time for learning them a little bit, especially when you want to have you know links, external links, and links mm -hmm. to other documents. Then it becomes more complex. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it's it's again it's it's a personal preference. Yeah, it's just something about certain things really, I guess, sort of grab your attention, whereas other things, they maybe sort of push you away or they just don't, they, they just don't gel, I guess, like visual basic. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> I quite liked yeah. visual basic once, and then I came across visual basic for applications and it encouraged me to uh, learn about testing. I'll, I'll just maybe <laughs> have the ultra short version of that story and just not go any deeper and embarrass myself. Um, but I'm kind of feeling motivated to try uh, LaTeX here just to, just to kind of find something and just to try to say, okay, well, what is it like? Um, and do I mean, something. If you want to write a book, then you can try LaTeX. But if you want to create, uh, I don't know, you, you will see, I mean, you might like it, uh, after after you know understanding better but it's, mm -hmm. it's usually it's for a little bigger tasks than writing mm -hmm. simple documents i mean you want uh, you can have uh, i mean once i have uh, created entire book in latex and mm -hmm. i i enjoyed the process wow I would, and, uh, you can you can still use that i can still use those files mm -hmm. as templates and create uh, a new book let's say based on the modifications that I have done to the mm -hmm. way pictures are presented and the font and the, the paragraphs and all these things. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the idea. You can easily create... Uh, the first version is... It takes some time, but mm -hmm. the next version is much easier. Damn. That's the general idea. Okay. And it's, it's, and, it's, and it's plain text, which is good. Mm -hmm. Me and me and Vim kind of, you know, like working hand in hand. Um, I mean, I wrote two books in ASCII doc. I appreciate the point. Like I think anything with a book, there is just 
I guess no matter what you write it in and whatever tools you have, it, there, there is just an, uh, there's a lot of time up front to write that first version, depending on how, um, how, how deep you go into, I guess, a particular topic, how much you write about your topic of choice. But I feel that my experience with, with ASCII-DOC and, and what you're describing with, with LaTeX uh, kind of overlap a lot, that ability to not have kind of like one large file, but to compose your work of many smaller files, which you can then apply to other things. I think like I usually, I'm not quite happy with how I've done it. Like not, I, I feel I could do it better, but it, I would always write, okay, mostly, not always, the like the the book material separate from say maybe like the code examples like i would write um like a basic application which i would base the book around um and that would be like sort of separate so i'd use code tools for that and and linters and and lexus and, and so forth and then write the book in a separate repository but with that ability to sort of include that content or separate I guess the, the, the base organizational level of separate chapters into separate files and then have different aspects that maybe we use throughout the book. So you kind of re include those here, there and everywhere. So I like that aspect of those kinds of, of, of file formats. Um, exactly. But again, it's, it's the right tool for the job. You mm. might try it and don't like it, but you know, uh, I usually try something and if I don't like it, I just forget okay. about it. Okay. Have you ever used Ruby? Just uh, curiously. No. <laughs> just curiously. I just thought I'd no, throw no, that no. out there and, no. and see what you said. Neither Ruby nor PHP. <laughs> okay. I'm not a language snob. Um, I try to think that with this much gray hair, at this much age, and I won't say how old I am, <laughs> mid 40s, um, that I, sh I should definitely be past my uh what what language tribalism of i only use this language or these languages and everything else is bad and try to just be you are where you are you do what you do exactly exactly and i perhaps for the for that reason um where i uh, i work at twilio one of the people i get on best with i haven't told him this if he's listening to this episode now he knows uh, he does the, uh, like the .NET C sharp and stuff. And maybe it's because I've always had terrible experiences working with Microsoft and windows and everything, but I kind of figured it's, it's the thing that I so didn't gel with, but he does it. So I was like, well, how about through you? I can vicariously, um, uh, use it if you will, but I don't know, Microsoft and I don't never really got along. It just. It started off badly and it kind of never quite got better. Yes, and here once I, I was I had an interview many years ago about uh, become about a system administration job and they had and they had both um, for a large uh, Greek uh, website and they had both uh, roles for Windows and Unix and I said I don't want Windows. Okay. Don't, don't and, uh, and with Unix. Uh, many many variants like solaris if you have of it and mm -hmm. uh, hpux the mm -hmm. hewlett packard version of yep. uh, linux was uh, i don't know was not very popular for let's say for real mm -hmm. work but uh, it became popular afterwards but back then i had uh, solaris 
and HPUX mainly, mainly Solaris, because Solaris mm-hmm. had uh, some fiber, some hard disks connecting with uh, fiber optics, and the, it was fast because there there was no SSD disks back then. Mm-hmm. So they had to, you know, do some kind of parallelizing and reading, and they wanted back a faster, a fast way to a faster way to. to to work with data, so they have some fiber optics and all these things mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> in, the, in the computers, <laughs> really, like uh, refrigerators. <laughs> I, I think I can picture the ones you made, yes. <laughs> they were really big. I remember the, the, the days around that time and the sheer size, plus also the sheer number of numbers in the price that you that the company had to pay for these was just phenomenal. <laughs> just it's like it's this big and it cost okay. Wow, that's a that's a lot of money. Yeah, but uh, mainly it was for big organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, a person or universities something like that. A person could not have that and uh, additionally if you Let's suppose that you can, uh, yes, you could afford to have such uh, a machine at home, let's say, but you also need uh, uh, an air condition to, to, to freeze it all the time because they, mm. they were getting really hot. Wow. And, they had, and they had systems, most of the machines, because they were really expensive, mm-hmm. when they were getting really hot, they were uh, turning off automatically. <laughs> Otherwise, they would get, you know, like, uh, but yeah. so... <laughs> You better lose your data than the entire machine or building. <laughs> and, and that'd be what a, perhaps a particular problem in Greece, wouldn't it? Because you'd get quite, quite warm there. And then you'd have what yeah, a server yeah, that yeah, was yeah, working yeah. really hot as on top of that. Yes, yes yeah. but even if, uh, you know, if they were really hot, so it was not a matter of whether you are in Greece or let's say in in uh, Finland, it, mm-hmm. it's a matter of uh, really getting re- getting really hot, really okay. hot, and the hard disks and uh, something like uh, uh, you know you, you couldn't uh, uh, and the, the and the computer rooms were really noisy because of the navigation. Mm. Really, really noisy. And the bad thing with that is that uh, you know outside of the computer room it was summer, <laughs> but inside the computer room. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. was like windows. You, you were, you know, like uh, uh, it was hot, and you were getting something somewhere that was really cold, and you had mm. to have uh, something to wear. Yeah, <laughs> and that was uh, that was an issue. Oh, that was it. I, I worked for the last time I actually went into a data center, which is quite some years ago. Um, I, I I think it's fine. I can say, I'll just say an airline in Australia. And yeah, and you, you would you would be in like the IT area, this big open plan office. Um, shout out to those who actually know who I'm talking about. Um, and it would be kind of nice and quiet. And then you would go into the, like in, into the the server rooms, and all of a sudden it's just kind of slightly plug your ears. Yeah, the temperature drops. It gets a whole lot louder, and you're in there looking for something. And then you come out and need like about five seconds to be okay. Just get my hearing adjust back to normal. And it's actually quite warm out here. Was it this warm before? But, exactly, um, that, that's, uh, that's the idea. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then, and just the cabling, but that's a whole nother story. 
Yes, yes, and the cabling, and, and uh, yes, uh, the cabling, yes, because you have to have uh, you have to to have you know predict the kind of cables you are going to need uh, and uh, have the, the the right infrastructure to to plug in your your, your equipment. And that mm. was another, uh, it was you have to to know what we are going to install and have the right cables and the right uh, infrastructure to support that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, at, at this point, we might sort of wind down. Yes, yes, it's okay. What I usually do is like at this kind of point in, in the episode is just sort of throw it over to yourself that if there's something that, I don't know, like you want to plug, whether it's an upcoming talk, a new version of the book, the book itself, um, a few more cheap plugs by me, uh, or just no, something that you want to talk about, then it's it's over to you. I don't have anything in particular to in particular to talk about. I mean, if you if you add the links, and that's okay with me. That's okay. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> let's have a little mystery. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, let's have a little mystery. The, 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 I, mean, I think that uh, what we have uh, said uh, about programming and you know the right tool for the job. That's that's the main idea of. Uh, of the episode, I suppose, and you know, sometimes people, sometimes people think that uh, by getting a book they will learn everything. But then they understand that they have to. <laughs> and that's they they have to work and try and uh, fail themselves. <laughs> uh, nothing could make you a better programmer or a better whatever unless you experiment and fail and try again and do something else and maybe read existing code or maybe talk to a fellow programmer mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's the that's the, the key to becoming better i suppose it's like talking to other people and doing the work on your own other people cannot do and should not do the work for you you have to do the work and you have to ask mm -hmm. you have to fail and ask again and fail as they say fail better that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That reminds me, in, in my learning of Go, I've, I've got a friend, I kind of was encouraged to kind of you know, use Go instead of maybe another language by, by a friend who's been into it for some years. And so every time I kind of I write something more than just a little bit, I'll send him over like a link to the project, usually on GitHub and say, can you have a look at this and be kind and just give me like, your overall assessment. and He's been good. He reminds me of a person I used to work with years ago who reviewed my code and just said very politely, this is interesting. I wouldn't have written it that way myself, but I can see what you're trying to do there. And it's just that hurt, but in a very nice way. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I agree. It's just, you can only, I guess, get better on your own so far. And then you need someone else to say, well, even if it's maybe even if that person is as equally experienced, but in different areas to say, why did you do this? I'm just not sure why you did it. It's exactly. not, I'm not thinking it's bad, but why this, why not? Or just why did you do that? Exactly. Exactly. You might, you know, and sometimes you might not even know about that because some, sometimes you, I mean, when I'm developing things, I just try away and then if it doesn't work or if, you know, I might change in the, in the, in the process, but you start with something, you do something, you design something, you implement something, and then 
and only only after you have something that is working, let's say, you mm-hmm. can say if it's the right fit or if you want to try something similar. Generally speaking, the the simpler the better. Okay. Uh, provided that it works and it does the job, but the simpler the code, the better the code is, the faster the code is, mm-hmm. um, and the easier to understand and to document. And uh, you know, and don't forget to document your code <laughs> because <laughs> I don't even remember my own code. <laughs> and, and that's uh, and that's. Uh, and that's really important. We have to document the code, even the simple things. I mean, uh, even if it's just the simple preamble at the beginning of the mm-hmm. file, we have to we have to write some things like the methods we are using. Or sometimes when I have to process JSON data, mm-hmm. I put uh, in comments uh, sample JSON records to know what I'm de- what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't have to go back and forth and test other things. I just have the JSON uh, data and the record and the format, and I am, you know, and, and and I know what I'm working with. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I take your point. I think the either the worst thing that you could do is either not document it, so you don't sort of clarify your thinking, <clears throat> perhaps, or as, as a, a former colleague said once, you write documentation, but then it's wrong or it falls out of date. And so it's, it's just, it doesn't keep up with what is the current state of the code. Yes, but even in that case, is better than no documentation at all. I don't know. I mean, the documentation should be up to date, but it's mm-hmm. better than not, that, uh, no documentation at all. I, I maybe guess. write some test cases or mm. you know some sample output or I don't know some tests or some uh, to make sure that everything works. Yeah, fair enough. I take your point. Hmm. This episode has been a whole lot of food for thought, I must say. Well, no, it's like a call to action. Like you know, you want you want to learn, just start writing. Pr- Code. And uh, usually, when uh, people ask me what uh, what do you suggest that I start with, and I say implement uh, from scratch uh, common uh, command line uh, Unix utilities, mm-hmm. like uh, WC the whole count utility, something like uh, find uh, that uh, the W. See utility. The work count utility is good for learning how to read the files line by line, word by word, or something like that. Mm-hmm, Find mm-hmm. utility is particularly good for working with directories and files and ty- file types and all these things. So, <clears throat> if you want to write system utilities, then uh, it's it's a good starting point. Okay. Maybe. After that, maybe you can work with, you know, HTTP services or working with JSON data or working with databases. Uh, that's the, I mean, that's the basic stuff. You, you can build on top of these things, but if you don't know how to communicate with the database, then I mean, you have to learn how to communicate with the database because usually data, or you have to learn how to read the file. Mm. True. It depends on the task again, but you have to know how to read the file or how to understand if you are dealing with a regular file, a directory, 
uh, Unix pipe or Unix uh, mm-hmm. uh, other kinds of uh, Unix files. Okay. Yes. Yeah, or, or whatever. You have to you have to be able to understand that, and you have to be able to to know whether you are overriding any system file or not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I just overwrote. Oh, okay. I guess I and I can't get that back. Oh, okay, right. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. When I was using, was it said an orc? And, and as I usually say, don't experiment on production machine. Use a test machine to experiment. <laughs> well, at least believe that you you you're using the test database. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean. Yeah. Although I, <laughs> I was working with um, uh, a RabbitMQ server the other day, a couple uh-huh. of months ago, and um, I was using Python to read uh, some queues from the RabbitMQ service, yep. uh, the server, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I did a mistake. And after this, the first JSON message failed to, failed to process the first JSON message, the, the code was keep reading all the messages from the, mm-hmm. from the queue, but all messages failed. My mistake, of course, it was my mistake. Mm-hmm. And I lost all the messages. <laughs> so, you know, oh. I'm still doing this. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it was not something uh, like uh, critical, but mm-hmm. uh, it was my fault and I should have uh, developed okay. the, the service uh, the, you know, better. Okay. Yeah. We're still doing I mean, I'm still learning, and uh, you learn by, yeah. you know, you, you know what they say, the, the expert or, I don't know, the genius or whatever, mm. had made uh, uh, more, more, more mistakes uh, than the amateur have tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And... The amateur uh, has tried, so, you know. Mm. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, yeah. yeah. But on, on that note, uh, I'll say thank you very much for being my guest this evening. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for, for inviting me in your podcast. Oh, it's, it's been, been an absolute pleasure. For me too. For me too. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode. You can find more about anything you've heard in today's episode by going to freethegeek.fm. That's freethegeek.fm. If you've enjoyed the episode, I'd love it if you'd give it a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Alternatively, please leave a comment in the episode discussion. I'd love to know what you think, what you thought was good, what could do with a bit more work, etc, etc. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.